my beautiful human persons, welcome to the Project Leadership Communicast, where we bring you our latest insights on communication across teams, organizations, and change without the detached nerdy jargon. We even have some guests come on to share their expertise on occasion. If you like what you hear, you can support the show by subscribing to the Project Leadership Communicast wherever you get your podcasts. I am one of your hosts, Jason Lauber, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, James Lauber. Now, James, you wear many hats, of course, but it was a gap you noticed in your work as a project management professional that was one of the reasons we started the Communicast. So briefly, what was that observation? Well, it became obvious like over and over again, but it uh, gradually became more and more obvious that the common trend or the common saying related to difficulties in project management uh, was communication. Now, uh, what I mean by this, there's different levels of shareholders. So it is quite easy for things to be misunderstood or miscommunicated can lead to very big extended problems, which in some cases only really make themselves apparent after the project has been you know, virtually completed. And then you're during rollout or shortly after rollout, you start identifying gaps, which could have been identi- identified and mitigated against in the design phase, but communication didn't facilitate it at that time. So Communication is the source of many problems and the source of many long-term maintenance issues as a result of miscommunication in the first place. So again, I keep saying the word communication, and that's because that is the trait or the the, the common theme uh, that became apparent with most, well, most, many projects <laughs> that I worked with. And so... It seems like what you're saying is that communication might not be one of those you know, gaps that is identified, but it seems like what you're saying is that it's ever-present and it seems to be more uh, fundamental or universal in, uh, as far as issues and projects go. Is that about right? I would say that's very clear. Yes, that is about right. Um, and that leads me to what I'm uh, doing as my second hat, which is training in communications. I think it's valuable for people to be more aware of the impact that communications have on not only projects. I mean, I'm specifically interested in projects. Uh, such uh, in much the same way as you're specifically interested in change management. But it goes deeper than projects and change management. We have these mechanisms that are part of our humanity that impact virtually every aspect of our lives. And there's a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety, um, especially in the world that we live in today, but there's a lot of stress and anxiety that we don't manage well because we haven't been trained to manage it. We haven't really even been trained to fully recognize it. Fundamentally, we're all human. We all have instincts. We all have egos. We all have defense mechanisms. We all have biochemical processes which get triggered whether we're paying attention to them or not as a result of how we perceive external and even internal stimuli. So, uh, 
as you can tell from that little blurb, it it goes quite deep, and it may sound very complex, but in fact, it's uh, it's deceptively simple. Uh, it's just that we have never really been trained in it, so we fall prey to these little traps without even really understanding that we're falling prey to traps in the first place, let alone how to mitigate and manage them so that we can reach better outcomes. Does that make sense? It certainly does to me. Now, the first full episode of the show will debut in December 2020. If you want to be among the first to welcome it, you can already subscribe to the Project Leadership Communicast wherever you get your podcasts. But before you go, here are a few clips from some upcoming episodes to give you an idea of what you have to look forward to. A big and complex puzzle, as I said, and everything is intertwined. But the fundamental rules of this puzzle, like many you know, complex and fascinating games, uh, uh, the fundamental rules are quite straightforward and they apply in a nuanced way. Uh, but life, in some sense, is like a video game. You have a environment that uh, life unfolds in and depending on how you react to the given impulse or the given input or uh, depending on how you react, uh, it, it, it influences what the next... Um, environmental change is going to be or what the next uh, reaction to whatever you've done is going to be and it all plays off of each other that's almost where my experience uh, as an organization development and change consultant comes in let's say you're not allowed to refer for whatever reason to the color green or to any object that is green you're within the context that you're you're working within that might not make intuitive sense because you should be able to just say the word green, it's the word green, there isn't anything wrong with it. But the specific reason for it almost becomes irrelevant because the impact is you can't talk about green. And the only reason that this is the case is because the system that you're working within dictated it to be so. But if you don't realize you're working within a system, that already difficult to understand rule only becomes more difficult to understand. Uh, it's uh, it's been a kind of a lifelong hobby of mine to try and figure out people and why they're reacting the way that they are. It's just uh, for whatever reason, it's always been something that's caught my attention um, because I saw that the impacts uh, of uh, of people and poor communications and uh, egos and power struggles and uh, siloing of departments and teams within departments um, impacted projects, which caused me a lot of headaches. And because it caused me a lot of headaches, I focused in on it. Uh, what I found was, uh, ultimately, um, the human animal is a complex being uh, and we operate in a very complex environment. Um, the fascinating part to me is that if you look deep enough, what you find is that there's a fairly simple set of foundational principles which influence the way we as people deal with stress and the way we deal with controversy and the way we deal with adversarial situations which because we're complex people in complex environments, um, 
spread out from that simplicity in, in an uncountable number of ways. If you're a project lead, your primary thought might well be about how you're going to get this project uh, done, satisfying all the requirements and all the deadlines and all the other things that are that tie into it. But you're also thinking about things like, you know, that argument that you got into with your significant other the night before, right? Or that your pet needs to be taken to the veterinarian and maybe you're worried about the bill that's going to result from that or all these different things. When we're working in groups and particularly when we are in the physical space of an office, since we tend to associate that with tasks, like this is what I need to do. What we often do is we try to pretend subconsciously like all of that other stuff, like the fight you got into, like the your pet that needs to get to the veterinarian. We try to pretend that that isn't happening, right? This is a new context. This is a new environment. This is the job. I have a job to do. Let's get the job done. But really, the brain doesn't work like that. Those thoughts are still weighing on you, whether you realize it or not. And that's not just true of you as the project lead. It's true of every single person that you are working with. And so organization development, and to a certain extent, change management as well, understands this. And that's the one of the bigger insights from the field. Um, if you take time to address issues that are going on in people's personal lives as a group together, that more often than not leads to a sharp increase in a group's productivity. But that doesn't intuitively sound like it makes sense uh, because of just our the way we generally think about work. Work is supposed to be one separate part of our lives, our personal life, so-called for a really good reason, is supposed to be another. The reality is that's not how we as people work. Humans are more complex than that. And there's a temptation to want to, re to reduce it down to, no, just do, th do the thing and all those other issues don't matter. It's a very understandable, it's a very natural human approach. But it conceals the reality. And in concealing the reality, we conceal the solution to the issue. And a lot of the times, possibly most dangerously, we conceal the nature of the problem to begin with. And just to kind of break away from the touchy-feely sound of this. Why should we move away from the touchy-feely? If the idea is that what's going on in people's personal lives does matter and they bring that to their work and that impacts the bottom line, then that's all touchy-feely stuff. So why should we avoid that kind of framing for it? That's a really great question, and I, I believe I have a really great answer. <laughs> uh, the reality is this is how you build better teams and better culture and better organizations and better performance, which is how you justify engaging in this kind of um, training, if you will, everything, everything related to organization and culture management and change management and project management is training to 
give your people the tools that they need to perform better, which is going to impact your bottom line. It all comes down to, from a business perspective, rightly so, it all comes down to what is the bottom line justification? What is the money justification? Or what is the competitive advantage performance justification of investing in this kind of thinking? In order for culture change, organizational change, successful projects, success of a company to occur, they have to have a practical reason for investing in these kinds of initiatives. And when you're speaking to that, it's best if you speak in that language, which is why I do speak in that language when I'm speaking to and from that perspective. So just before we go, as always, we do want to thank uh, Jeff Lauber for the use of his song, Part of Glowing Wave, off his debut album, Tell. You can find that wherever you stream your music. So looking at the clock, given that we're, uh, oh yeah, we're out of time. <laughs> I'd like to say thanks for coming on the show or thanks for inviting me on the show. Thanks for letting me co-host the show. It's been a blast as always. And I'm looking forward to the next time. Should I be uh, invited back? Well, look, you know what? This was a great audition, uh, but I really got to thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, we'll, well, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see if we, if we co-host you. I personally like to. It'll have to go through review, of course. Uh, you know, the, the decision makers need to make decisions. But, uh, but above anything, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, hey, thanks for having me on the show. And thank you for hosting the show. Well, look, thank, thank you for thanking me for coming on to the show and also for coming on to the show yourself. Okay, so shall we summarize and say that the love-in is over and it's time to go? <laughs> I think that's fair, yeah. For the Project Leadership Communicast, I am Jason Lauber. Until next time, from us to you, looking forward.